If you knew me, you'd know I'm a Slovak folk dancer. Hi, I'm Leah Parker Belfer, a T22, and you're listening to If You Knew Me, a grassroots podcast dedicated to celebrating diversity, equity, and inclusion at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. Hi, today I'm here with Susie Pearson, T22. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so where did when did you start dance Slovak dancing? So this started when I was probably two or three. Um, my mom is originally from Slovakia, and um, she wanted to like be more connected with her culture, and she knew a bunch of people, mostly in the area that were Czech and Slovak, um, which, if you don't know, are, are very um, similar cultures. They used to be one country. Um, and when I was born, um, it was still Czechoslovakia. And so she enrolled uh, me and then subsequently my sister in um, dance classes. And I would say they were very loosely classes. It was mostly like people who had come over from the Czech Republic and Slovakia mm-hmm. that loosely remembered how to do folk dancing. Okay. And they would structure it into these different age groups. And so at first you would just basically be holding hands with people, like little kids around you and like running around in circles yeah. um, on stage. And then as we got older, um, we learned much more complicated steps we learned Mm. group routines we learned solo dances um, and probably the most um, interesting part of all of that is the costuming Mm -hmm. so we would every September um, have a a cultural festival and we would put on these ridiculous outfits Um, I would wear like four different underskirts Mm. and then like a large red overskirt with an apron and these enormous puffy sleeved um, blouses with vests on them. And then it all was topped off with like a a flower crown in your hair. Wow. Was it hard to dance with all of like in this? Yeah. I feel like that sounds restrictive. It was. (laughs) Okay. As little kids, like they told you, you had to eat before you um, got put into the costume and then you couldn't eat during because basically they would just like pull it so tight. It felt like a a corset. corset. Oh, yeah, it was basically a corset. And you're like four years old. You're like, this is not fun for me. Um, But, you know, a lot of it actually, it's it's a lot of like rigid body movement anyway. So like Mm. basically your torso is um, pretty straight the entire time anyway. And you're mostly moving your legs. Mm. Um, It's it's kind of a, I don't know how to describe it, but I would probably say if you've ever seen German folk dancing or Irish step dancing, there's there's kind of a hybrid somewhere in there. I was curious about that. I was, because in my mind, I was starting to pick like picture clogs and like... But that's not right. That's not it's right. not entirely right. We would have like we we wore boots. Okay. Um. So you w- wear boots with spurs. Um. And actually, the men have like these very clanky boots. Okay. And they'll carry either canes, um, with little tambourines on them okay. or bells on them, and um, or they'll carry whips. Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> Still to this day. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, which obviously are not used in any way. They're yeah. more for for um, show. But um, it's it's a really interesting style that evolved from um, people dancing in like the valleys and hills of Czechoslovakia, mm. and it's very very mountainous country. Um, so each, even though it's it's a really small country, each kind of um, 
village area has its own style and its own set of costumes. You'd be really surprised. It's Mm. not all the exact same. Um, And so as I got older, actually, I I transitioned from one style to another. That's much more, the costumes are a little bit less um, elaborate and they're all different colors. Mm. Um, Still kind of a a similar structure, um, but the dancing's also a little bit um, looser and um, more graceful. And why did you make that switch, or do you remember why? Um, I think so. Originally, the style of dancing that I was doing was called Moravian dancing, which mm-hmm. is from the Czech Republic. Um, but that's not actually where I'm from. I'm from mm. the Slovakia side, and so um, a new group was formed, and they were looking for like girls in their teens to join that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yes, I'm so ready for this. I'm ready to be one of the like adults. Yeah. Um, and I'm ready to wear these like more beautiful costumes yeah yeah um and uh so I ended up going over to there and I felt a little bit more connected um the other part about that um style of dance was that it also came with a lot of singing mm, um okay so you were so like I was, more it was co- more of a show. Yeah, a show exactly yeah so it was more of like a storyline and then they would like there would be um, almost like a musical kind of yeah. yes exactly um so that's what I ended up doing um and it was really fun I think for me, um, being connected to that part of myself was really interesting. Um, I will say like kind of looking back on it, I think I growing up felt a little bit more dissociated from my culture than my peers did because Mm. a lot of, um, them had both of their parents that were immigrants. And so that was like a full part of their culture. Mm-hmm. For me, I didn't know if I fit in more as an American or more as a Czech or Slovak person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always kind of felt like I was half in and half out. Sure. Um, and and so that was like definitely something that I carried with me throughout my like entire kind of growing up experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I was going to ask because, you know, you, you started by saying the way you got into it is your mom. It was really out of your mom's desire to reconnect. Mm-hmm. But then in some ways, you know, it's her um, enabling you to connect as well. Yeah, um, exactly. So it's pretty amazing that you enjoyed it. Did you ever, were there ever moments where you were, you know, pushing away from it? Yeah. So I think it's interesting that um, my sister was also involved um, in a way. And when I went off to college was really when I kind of stopped Mm -hmm. Um, stopped dancing and stopped coming back for those events because to me it was like okay that's just a part of my life that I'm leaving behind now Mm -hmm. I'm moving to New York I'm focusing on the new part of my life whereas my sister when she moved to DC for college she found another group Mm -hmm. and continued on in that tradition and would go home more to continue to be part of the group and so she definitely I think in some ways feels more connected to this day Mm -hmm. especially to those people whereas I I'm definitely a little bit more on the border, mm. but I think that mirrors kind of how we've both approached our cultural identity. Yeah. So I'm definitely, I will always be the person who's a little bit more confused and a little bit more in the middle. Um, and she's heavily embraced that as part of her identity. She, yeah. she talks about it more. She's more interested in the history. Um, she's more embedded in that cultural affinity group in yeah. where she lives in DC um, and I'm not and I don't think that there's like a right way or wrong way to do it sometimes I am a little bit envious of her that she yeah. continued to maintain that tradition but I, I'm, I wouldn't say that I would do anything differently yeah and I'm curious of you know when you were saying that throughout your life or that you've been kind of a little bit confused or conflicted do you still feel that today 
or yeah. something? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's changed, though, over time. Um, now I'm much more comfortable in that. Being 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 a little bit of both yeah Yeah. um and only revealing that that part of myself when I feel like it's necessary to um but I think I can remember going back to like first grade um you know trying to explain to my friends that I was in this dance group um and feeling them kind of look at me like what is this and I definitely sometimes I I know that when I was like a kid I felt almost embarrassed of being Mm. different um, whereas now I obviously embrace that, but I'm, I'm comfortable in being kind of ambiguous about it, if that mm. makes sense. And when you were younger, did, were, was it kind of separate lives or did your friends from school they did come not. to your performances? No, it okay. was definitely se- separate lives. I had friends that were in the community and friends that were like from school. Um, they, my best friends know about this and like always have and were always very supportive of yeah. it and thought it was very cool. But I was always conscious of being like a little bit different. Do you remember if your friends from dance shared similar experiences or not? Yeah, I actually don't think that they did. I okay. I never remember them um, having any issues with it um, mm. or, or expressing any doubts about it. Um, and so that kind of helped me like be friends with them and like be more confident in it yeah. because that was just a normal thing that we did um, on a Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, you know, looking back or look thinking about now, would you ever go back to dancing? I don't know if it's available to adults. Yeah, it, it is. So um, my mom still does it um, and my sister still sometimes does it. And the nice thing about like folk dancing is that there are different levels of it and then they okay. also it's something that you do your entire life and so um my mom's part of this like 50s and older group that doesn't move a lot yeah. they do mostly singing but they like carry on a lot of the like old songs and mm. the old like stories of of um from when they were younger and it's really nice to go back and have like that group just do the same thing kind of over and over yeah. every year because it's something that you remember um and they're really proud of being Czech they're really proud of being Slovak and one thing that I think is really interesting as it's kind of grown is that a lot of people that the organizations have absorbed are not necessarily like immigrants Mm. or even first generation they're either people who like who whose grandparents or great-grandparents came here who are trying to connect with their culture mm-hmm. or people who are totally outside the culture and just find it interesting like have an appreciation yeah for it, exactly right? and so you start to absorb all sorts of different people um, mm. and bring them into the fold and it just gets more fun yeah uh, it's something that you share and I've, I've thought about this I think I thought about this the last time I was there was that um it's like interesting in a world that's like super global mm. how it's on one hand, it's really nice to be able to share your culture with a ton of different people. Um, and, and it's so much easier to kind of experience other cultures. Mm. Um, but sometimes that can also feel like dilutive because it starts to feel like everything is the same. Mm. Um, and so I can appreciate why like having still like maintaining these traditions is like important to us. Yeah, totally. um, Does that make sense? I think so. I mean, well, what's, so when you're saying the dilution piece, is that through like other folks joining or no 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 I'm just I'm thinking about like just in terms of like how accessible other cultures are to us like just globally Mm. um you know we start to all kind of become like because we're not isolated from each other like we are all kind of exposed to the same I don't know if this makes any sense same levels of same same things in the world and so like 
when you dive into like what makes us different that's actually kind of exciting yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying no and I agree I agree I think there's there's definitely been a push to draw especially this past year to draw on similarities which are really important yeah but or like commonalities but I think there's power in acknowledging difference right. and celebrating it and saying we're all together in this difference but, exactly but we are different yeah we have different cultures and different traditions and different dances yeah and yeah. it's exciting for like me to share that with others and it's definitely just experiencing this year it's exciting for me to like join those traditions or watch those yeah. traditions for other people have you ever tried to teach anyone how to how to do basic moves i have so the basic move of slovak or czech folk dance is the polka mm. which you may have heard of yes um yeah. Um, and so we always start with a polka. Um, anyone who's ever been with me to any like Slovak events has to learn how to polka first. And then you start to make it a little more complicated and you like move around in a circle. Yeah. And um, there's another basic move called the garichka, which is um, usually a girl's, a girl's only dance. And you kind of intertwine your arms in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone moves in one direction. And at some point, um, if you add, if you usually if you add guys, you can like uh, space out girl, a girl and a guy in every sure. um, part of the circle. And there's this one part that I love where if you go fast enough, um, the girls fly. So you left, you let like, your feet off the ground, mm-hmm. and the boys continue to turn, and the like the momentum keeps you kind of like going in the same circle. It's That's very cool. Really cool. Yeah, there's some there's some cool stuff in there. I can um, imagine if you're not talented enough, though. Like you need everyone in the group needs to be on the same page. Yes. Yes. So it's definitely a group effort. Um, it, it there can be like moments of it that are like solo but it is a really it's a it's kind of a team thing right and is it all so I feel like in some ways we talked about the performances that are mm-hmm. definitely um not scripted isn't the word I'm looking for choreographed mm-hmm. but then are there other like free-flowing there can be okay um yes so like every so often you'll highlight um, different soloists but I think that the the main um, component of this and and why I have such good memories of it are that it's very community based mm-hmm. and so you become very good friends with the people that you're dancing with not mm-hmm. just because you've known them forever but because um, you rely on them to execute the same choreography that yeah. you do um, and and often there's like mirroring that goes on or partnering that goes on mm. um, and so you really learn to trust each other um, to make the dance look and cool. it's it's not competitive in any way, right? No. Okay, no. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice no. to have something in life that It really <laughs> is. Yeah. Um, that's fun. I think just like you kind of forget sometimes when you're practicing how it's hard and you continue to repeat over and over. Yeah. Um, but the parts that are so fun are when you get a new like part of the dance down. And then when you're practicing, um, often, especially for performances, there's a live band component. So oh, the first so time fun. you hear like the tuba or yeah. the cymbals, you're like, yes, this is the best. And it really sounds like a community affair mm-hmm. at the end of the day, even for folks yeah. that aren't actually in the in the performance. Yes. It's just like a big celebration. Yes, people are definitely there to watch, um, you know, year to year. Like I said, sometimes it's the same dances, especially for the little kids. But like, it's just fun to like watch and there are, are there certain points of the year where there where it's happening? Yeah, so there's um there's a it usually starts around May and ends around September. It's like a season. It's a night. Yeah, yeah it's like exactly. It's a season, and um, it it can vary, but there's um, basically two kind of holidays that are important. 
Um, one being like more of the Easter season um, in Czechoslovakia and also um, May Day is a really important holiday mm-hmm. for laborers. Um, and so you kind of start around then and then um, the end of September being just kind of like the end of the or the the um, acknowledgement of like the harvest. I love um, that. And yeah. so, yeah, those are the, the main um, points. And um, there's other, you know, other performances during the year, but it's definitely more of a, a summer thing. Awesome. Well, okay. I realize we're coming up on time. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Um, not, no. Not really? Cool. <laughs> um, so to end with a fun question, um, what is the weirdest gift you've ever given? Um, I would say the weirdest gift I ever gave was um, I on my last day of work before I came to talk, um, I was known in my office for being the snacker mm-hmm. and going into my um, managing director's cabinet and stealing snacks. Um, and so I printed a large poster-sized version of my head, and I stuck it in his cabinet. So he would never forget <laughs> that I had been there. And he, I assume he was unaware. He was very unaware. Yeah. No, I got a picture of it, like, a couple weeks later. How did it take him so long? He wasn't back in the office oh, yet. Oh, oh, yes. I see. <laughs> I see. Right. COVID. Right. Um, do you think it's still there? Um, it is definitely somewhere in his office. I get reminders from time to time. But he probably people. took it out of the cabinet he just did. in case he guests did. are, are yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Susie. This is awesome. Thank you, Leah. Thanks for listening to this episode of If You Knew Me. I founded the If You Knew Me podcast back in the fall of 2020 to help deepen student connections and foster a culture of belonging here at Tuck. Please check out our other episodes to support and learn more about other Tuckies. Special thanks to my partner, Alex Mitko, for helping with sound production. If you have any questions or feedback on the podcast, or if you want to be featured in a future episode, please contact us at the email address listed in the description.